This is literally everything, 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 everything. What's up, book nerds? Did you miss me? I feel like it's been like 12 billion years since I recorded one of these. I'm almost out of practice. But I hope your new year is off to a good start. You've got lots of good reading in and things are just going well in general. I know I have definitely enjoyed the more leisurely approach to my books since I'm not necessarily reading to make sure that I have enough reviews to fill up an episode. It's taken off some of the pressure. So we'll see how today goes. Today is the first episode with the new format. My plan is to go over some of the books that I've read this past month and share just very high level thoughts on the books that I've read. And then we're going to take a look at some of the books that I read that are releasing in February and share some of my thoughts on those and then also take a look at some of February's new releases that I'm really looking forward to. So let's kick things off by taking a look at some of the books that I've read this past month. My first read of 2024 was titled The Second Chance Year by Melissa Wiesner. It's about a young woman named Sadie Thatcher who recently pretty much lost everything. She lost her job. She lost her apartment. She lost her boyfriend, mostly because she just can't seem to keep her mouth shut. So on New Year's Eve, she goes to a party She meets with his fortune teller, and she wishes for a redo of the past year. She goes home after the party, but before she goes to sleep, she has an encounter, I guess I would say, with her male roommate. They share a kiss, and she goes to bed thinking, oh, well, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe he and I could have something. But then she wakes up the next morning, and... Her wish was granted. She has her boyfriend back. She's still at her job. She has her apartment. Things are exactly the way she wanted. And so she gets the chance to now move through life in a way that she doesn't put her relationship or her job in jeopardy. So she really shrinks into herself. She doesn't share her opinions as much as she used to, hoping that this will get her ahead and help her to keep her her fiance, keep her job, and maybe get that promotion that she was hoping for. Now, this sounds cute, sounded right up my alley. I love these time travel type rom-coms, so I figured this was a shoe-in. It was definitely going to be a four-star read for me. Unfortunately, it kind of fell short of expectations. I ended up only giving it three stars. I, I never fully connected with Sadie or any of the other characters. Everything was fine, It just didn't bring anything new or fresh to the genre, which is why I only gave it three stars. The next book was also a bit of a letdown, I've got to say, and it was another one that was in one of those genres that I really typically enjoy. This one was The Other Mothers by Katherine Faulkner. This too was in my December Book of the Month box, and it's about a young mother who befriends these rich and wealthy women in her neighborhood at her son's playgroup. The new mother is an investigative reporter, and she's looking into a story about a nanny that died a few months ago. The death was ruled an accident, but many think that it may have been a murder, so she's looking into it a little bit more, and it just so happens that this nanny 
used to be the nanny of one of the mothers in this new playgroup. And it it seems that these mothers are willing to cover up their bad behavior at any cost. Now, I love me a book about messy, messy rich women, a la Ashley Audrain's The Whispers or Disha Bowe's Dirty Laundry. I love that whole Desperate Housewives vibe. I expected that going into this one. It's not really what I ended up getting. The book was fine, but by the end of it, I was kind of left feeling like, okay, so what? I was never really on the edge of my seat with this one. I didn't really ever connect with the mothers. There's a decent mystery involved. I didn't find it especially thrilling, so I wouldn't necessarily put this in the thriller genre. It just, I was never on the edge of my seat. It was a fine read. If you like a lighter mystery, this one might be for you. But again, for me, I only gave it three stars. My next book this month was Reese's Book Club Pick for January of 2024, First Lie Wins by Ashley Elston. This too was not one that blew me away, and many people have been raving about this book. I'm I'm starting to wonder if maybe there's something broken in me, because I typically love a really good mystery thriller, and I haven't found one. Well, I, I found one. It'll come later. But this one just didn't grab me like I hoped it would and like it did so many other people. It's about a woman named Evie Porter who seems to have everything. She has a nice cozy life. She has a wonderful boyfriend named Ryan and she feels like things are going really well. But then we learn that Evie Porter isn't really Evie Porter. This is just a persona that she's taken on courtesy of her mysterious boss, Mr. Smith. Now, she has no idea who Mr. Smith is only that she periodically gets these jobs with an identity and the town where she's supposed to go to, and she has a target that she's supposed to take out. Now, when I say take out, I don't mean murder. She's not an assassin. And honestly, I feel like had she been an assassin, I probably would have been into this one a little bit more. But as it be, she just goes in and infiltrates their lives in some way to bring them down for whatever reason. But the problem is, she feels like maybe Mr. Smith is about to do away with her. So over the course of the book, Evie is trying to outwit Mr. Smith and bring him down before he can take her out. Now, in theory, with that synopsis, it sounds great. And this wasn't a bad read. I just never fully connected with any of the characters. I thought it was fine. I was never really on the edge of my seat. It was just okay. It didn't really seem like the stakes were that high. And I feel like if it had been elevated just a little bit, this would have gotten at least another half a star for me. I just wasn't totally blown away by it. So this one only got three and a half stars. My next read was part of my 24 and 2024 challenge where I'm trying to read books that I've had on my TBR for a little while now. And the first book from that list was In Memoriam by Alice Wynn. This is a historical fiction book and it was absolutely beautiful. The book focuses on Henry Gaunt and Sidney Elwood. They're a couple of classmates at this fairly prestigious boarding school in England. Sidney's gay, openly gay, even though back then that wasn't really okay but he's kind of put himself at the top of the pecking order in this school. So, and he's not, I wouldn't say he's out and flamboyant about it. He just doesn't really care that people know. 
Now, what Sidney doesn't know is that Henry has a crush on him. But before Henry can tell him, Henry enlists in World War I and goes off to fight. On the flip side, Henry doesn't know that Sidney also had a little bit of crush on him. So Sidney enlists in the military, and the two of them find themselves fighting side by side. Now, of course, this is when they're open about their feelings for one another, but then they're also fighting in a war, so it's not like they can really spend a lot of time developing a romantic relationship. And without any spoilers, things happen, they get torn apart. It's beautifully written and very, very moving, and I loved getting this sort of story out of World War One. We don't we don't hear a lot about gay men or women before like Stonewall. So I always love finding books that kind of touch on these relationships before being gay was a little more mainstream. So beautifully written, highly recommended. I gave this one four and a half stars. Now, my next read was also from my 24 and 2024 reading challenge, and this one was House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Moss. It's the second book in the Crescent City series, and I wanted to read it before the third one came out. I really enjoyed the first book, and honestly, I enjoyed this one, but what I found after reading this book, I came to the conclusion that romanticy really isn't my genre. For some reason, this so this book has a lot of very descriptive sex scenes. And for some reason, like I get it. We all we all need it. We all need to do it. And fantasy characters need to do it too. We we got needs that need to be addressed. I get it. But for some reason for me, that really takes me out of the story when I get like five, six, seven, ten pages of intense, very descriptive sex. <laughs> and it just really removes me from the story. I, I don't enjoy it. And it's not like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm having a hard time thinking of werewolves and fairies and angels fucking, I don't know. It just, for some reason, it just really pulls me out of the story. So I tend to skip over these scenes. Now, when I skip over them, it's all good. I love the story. There's a lot of action here, uh, literally, <laughs> on both ends of the spectrum. And the story is really engaging. I love the blend of fantasy with like kind of modern technology, modern cityscapes, whatnot. So I really like that. It's very reminiscent of Cassandra Clare's The Mortal Instruments series, which I also really liked. But again, it's just the whole sexing and these are some horny angels and fairies and werewolves and mer people i mean it seems like about every other chapter we had some intense sex scene maybe not that often it just felt like that to me and again that just for some reason it just takes me out of the story now i realize there are millions of people out there who love this shit good on you enjoy it these books are written for you and i will continue with the series i enjoy the series it's just the sex is a little little much, but I can skip over that. I gave this one three and a half stars. It was it was fine. The next book that I read was Rabbit Hole by Kate Brody. I got this in my January Artwork Book Club box. This was an engaging mystery, really intriguing story. I liked it. It's about a woman named Teddy Angstrom. She's a teacher. Ten years ago, her older sister Angie went missing. 
and on the 10th anniversary of her sister's disappearance, her father drives himself into the river. So as Teddy and her mother are going through her father's things, Teddy finds that her dad was really obsessed with Angie's case and had gone onto Reddit and was involved with a group of people on Reddit who were looking into Angie's disappearance. So Teddy is intrigued by what she finds. She begins looking into Angie's disappearance, starts connecting with some of these people and gets herself in way over her head. She becomes obsessed just like her dad was, and it starts taking over her life. Now, overall, I felt this was really engaging, uh, intriguing premise. I liked it. It really held my attention until about the last quarter or so of the book, and then it started to kind of fizzle a bit. The momentum faltered. There were just too many loose ends and unresolved plot points. Normally I'm okay with an open ending, but this one felt as though there were just too many threads left unresolved. It would have been more satisfying to have a little more cohesive conclusion that tied up at least some of the narrative threads. I don't mind an open-ended ending. Um, In fact, I tend to really like them, but with this one I just felt like there was too much left hanging. Overall, decent read. I gave it three and a half stars. Now, my next read was really, really, really disappointing, I'm going to say. And I hate saying that because I was really looking forward to this one. It was The Fury by Alex Michaelides. Now, I read The Silent Patient not too long ago. I was very late to the party, but I really, really liked it. I haven't read The Maidens yet, but when I read the synopsis of The Fury, had to read it. It was part of my January Book of the Month box. I jumped in and I really struggled to get through this book. My my biggest annoyance with it was the narrator. I hated how he spoke directly to us, like we were hanging out and he was just telling me a story. And to make it worse, he would get several pages of the story only to tell us that, oh, actually, it didn't really happen that way. I'm lying. Here's how it really happened. And then he'd circle back. It just got really, really tedious. Usually, I love an unreliable narrator, but there was nothing likable about this guy. Nothing at all. This is a short book. It was just over, I think, 200 pages. And I sh- typically, when I have a book that short, I can get through it in like three hours, maybe. This one, I struggled. It took me a couple of days to get through it because I just didn't really want to pick it back up. But I know that this author is very good about an 11th hour twist that kind of blows things out of the water. And I will say there was a nice little twist to this one. I really enjoyed it. And honestly, that's what saved it for me was that twist because I was writing right around about one and a half to two stars with this one. I just really could not connect with this narrator at all. But the nice little twist at the end, that final reveal saved it and earned it three stars from me. Now, I realized that Lots of people love this one, but then there are a lot of people that are on my side of the fence too. So this one seems to be very polarizing. But I will say, even though I didn't like the narrator, I wasn't a fan of the book, this author is very, very talented. He's a great writer, and I definitely look forward to more from him in the future. And I do intend to read The Maidens at some point. After The Fury, I read another book from my January Aardvark Book Club box, and that was Where You End by Abbott Collar. 
This one was another one that had a really intriguing premise. It's about twins, and these are mirror twins. So it's kind of like, think of an identical twin, but they, rather than looking exactly alike, it's like they're looking in a mirror at each other, which I'd never heard this before, but evidently it's pretty, I wouldn't say it's common, common, but it's not like something the author just pulled out of her ass. But basically this one starts with Kat and Jude, the names of the twins. They're in a car, they have an accident. Kat loses her memory. She wakes up, she recognizes Jude, but she has no idea who she is or where, how she ended up here, what happened. She has no memories of her life whatsoever. So it's up to Jude to help Kat remember who she is. But as days progress, Kat starts to feel like Jude is withholding information from her. So she starts digging in a little bit and she feels like Jude has been lying to her and that maybe there might be something sinister afoot. And so the rest of the book, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's about Kat trying to figure out if Jude is dangerous, if Jude's just trying to protect her, and what exactly, if that's the case, what is she protecting her from? Now, the mystery aspect of this one kept me engaged all the way up until the end. There's this intricate web of secrets and revelations that I was really drawn to. The only problem that I really had with this one, and I really struggled with this, was the cult aspect. So the girls were involved in a cult. That's not a surprise. That's in the synopsis if you read it. But I never fully understood the purpose of this cult or what they were trying to get the kids to do. It just, I could not make it make sense in my head. And I would find myself reading, but I was like, my eyes were moving across the page, but I was still trying to just put the pieces together of this cult in my head while I'm reading. And I, I don't know if I missed something or what, but it just did not make sense to me. So because of that, I knocked it down a few stars. Overall, I felt it was very creative. It's a nice little thriller. I think a lot of people will enjoy it. I gave it three stars, which again, doesn't mean it's bad. It's three stars is still a good rating in my book, especially for a mystery thriller book, because I read so many of them. It's really hard to get a four or a five star in that genre for me. Now, the month isn't totally over yet. Some of these reviews won't be on my blog until probably the end of this week. So you'll be able to go back and read the full reviews there just to see if maybe some of these pique your interest. Uh, again, you can go to the blog. It's at justreaditalready.com. All of these reviews, as well as there were some other books that I read that I posted reviews for this month that I read back in December. And I know earlier I mentioned there was one thriller that I read this month that did kind of blow me away. That was No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. I just finished reading that one a couple of days ago. I haven't put a review together or formulated my thoughts yet. I really, really liked it. It was difficult to put down. Great mystery, lots of suspense. I loved it. And then last night, I finished reading Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro. This too was part of my 24 and 2024 reading challenge. He wrote probably one of my favorite books of all time, Never Let Me Go. I've not read any more of his books because I felt like he might not be able to top that one for me. But Remains of the Day is supposedly one of his best. It was fine. It didn't have the emotional impact that Never Let Me Go did for me. So I liked it. I can see why people loved it. But for me, it was just okay. 
and I'm in the middle of reading Yours for the Taking by Gabrielle Korn. It's a dystopian, kind of feminist type novel. It's really good. I'm only about 30% in. I started it last night. I'm really enjoying it. But you can look for reviews of these three books that I just mentioned in the next few weeks, and I'll have them posted full reviews on my blog. And then I also post mini reviews on Instagram at Just Read It Already Pod. So be sure you're following me there as well. So now we're going to take a look at some books that are releasing in February, and I'll start with four that I read arcs of this past month and share my overall thoughts on them. And first is Everyone Who Can Forgive Me Is Dead by Jenny Hollander. It will publish on Tuesday, February 6th, 2024 by Minotaur Books. It's a murder mystery thriller. And I gotta say, the prologue is absolutely fantastic. It pulled me in immediately. Problem was, after a few pages, the pacing slowed down a bit as everything was kind of set up. And it wasn't until I got about halfway into the book and there was this shocking reveal that pulled me back in. Until that point, it felt almost as though we were kind of going in circles. The pace did pick up at the halfway point. The mystery and intrigue kept me turning the pages, but there were still moments when I found myself confused. And honestly, I think it was because the author was trying to keep us guessing and it just made the plot feel a little convoluted. I struggled to piece together what was happening in some chapters. Now, the confusion was ultimately resolved by the end. The final reveal was satisfying. It was well executed. Overall, I really enjoyed this book, but it was just short of a four-star read for me. So I gave it three and a half, three and three quarters. Good book, and if you're a mystery thriller lover, I would recommend this one. The next arc that I read was Hard Girls by Robert J. Lennon. This one publishes on February 20th, day before my birthday by Mulholland. I wasn't quite sure what to expect when I requested this book. The premise sounded intriguing. I can say, while I wasn't completely blown away by it, I definitely enjoyed the ride. It's a lot of fun, and the characters are very captivating. The story mostly focuses on a woman named Jane Poole. She's this woman living in a comfortable suburban area in New York. She's married, she has a young daughter, hates her mother-in-law, works a ho-hum job at a university where her aging father is a professor. Everything appears pretty ordinary, but Jane carries the weight of a pretty tumultuous past, mostly because she had a mother who was very secretive and wasn't always around. She would disappear for long periods in her life until one day she just doesn't return. Several years later, Jane gets a call from her twin sister, who she hasn't spoken to in years. And when Lila, the sister, contacts her, she tells her, I found mom. And Jane can't help but feel compelled to go look for her mother with Lila. And this is when it gets really interesting because the sisters have a tumultuous past, as I said, not only with their mother, but something that they did when they were younger. And Jane ended up spending time in prison for it. And over the course of the book, we figure out what this is. So we have what Jane and Lila did, but then we also have the secret around the mom and why she kept disappearing. And then there's something going on with the dad. So we have a mix of murder mystery, thriller, espionage and family drama and i think this is where it kind of weighed it down for me because there were so many things going on and i felt like if it had been more focused on just one or maybe two of those things it would have flowed a little better for me i still enjoyed the book i gave it three and a half stars 
I really, really, really enjoyed the characters. They made this book. So if you don't mind a mishmash of several different genres and you like a fast pace, then I would definitely recommend this one. The next arc that I read was The Turtle House by Amanda Churchill, also publishes on February 20th by Harper. And I knew nothing about this book going into it. I ended up really, really enjoying it. It's emotionally engaging, it's beautifully written, and it explores the bond between a grandmother and a granddaughter. So the story centers around 25-year-old Leah Cope and her 73-year-old grandmother, Mineko, aka Minnie. Leah was chasing her dreams of becoming an architect in Austin. Something happened, caused her to abandon a job at this prestigious architecture firm. She moves back to her small Texas hometown. Well, meanwhile, Mineko's house burned to the ground. So she's moved in with her son and his wife, who are Leah's parents. So now Leah and Minnie have found themselves sharing a bedroom. Now, they haven't always had the best relationship. It wasn't a bad relationship. They were just never super close. But as they share this bedroom, they begin to talk about Minnie's past. When she was growing up in Japan, how she had this house that she loved. She called the Turtle House. She wanted to own it someday. She would sneak away and visit it daily. She was very precocious as a kid. She eventually meets a boy and they would spend a lot of time at this house. They eventually fell in love. They planned to get married, but World War II started and he ended up getting killed. And so Minnie found herself engaged to an American soldier. So she was a Japanese war bride. She was eventually brought over to Texas. Huge culture shock for her. The story's really focused on Minnie and her past. But as Minnie opens up to Leah, Leah starts to realize just what her grandmother went through, just throughout her life and the strength that she has. And so Leah finally realizes, you know, she can't let her life pass her by. She needs to go back and confront what it was that made her leave her dream job in the first place and take ownership over it. It's beautifully written. I really, really enjoyed it. I gave it four and a quarter stars. I highly recommend it. And then the last arc that I read this month was Arthur and Teddy Are Coming Out by Ryan Love. This is already published in the UK, but it publishes in the United States on February 27th by Harper360. This is a light and very uplifting book. It's so heartwarming. It has engaging characters, has a relatable storyline. I was fully invested in this. The story alternates between two characters. We have 79-year-old Arthur Edwards. He's a grandfather. He has a beautiful wife, two kids, wonderful family. But one night, Arthur comes out as gay. His wife fully supports him, fully stands behind him. But his children don't take us so well. His son eventually comes around, but his daughter really, really has a hard time with this revelation, which doesn't bode well for Arthur's 21-year-old grandson, the son of the daughter who can't accept that her father is gay because Teddy also harbors the same secret. He has wanted to come out to his family for a long time, and he planned to do it, but Grandpa stole his thunder. And when he sees his mom's reaction, he kind of shrinks in. He doesn't feel like he can do this, but he does open up to Arthur and Arthur encourages him and kind of helps him through this because, you know, Arthur's whole life passed him by and he missed being with his one true love. Now he loved his wife. They have a beautiful relationship. And what I love the most about this was the wife was very supportive. 
The author could have easily taken a more dramatic turn and made her a victim, adding more conflict, but he didn't. And I loved that. I loved seeing her support Arthur. I also loved watching Arthur go on his first date. I loved Teddy coming into himself, not just with his sexuality and coming to terms with that, but also with his job and just who he is in general. I think my only issue with this one was there were moments that felt unnecessarily drawn out, and then there were other moments that felt slightly rushed, especially toward the end. So I feel like the pacing could have been tighter, certain scenes could have maybe been cut or shortened a little bit, but it didn't ruin the book for me. Overall, I felt this was very charming and creative and engaging, and I really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. And again, I'll have full reviews of these four arcs in the coming weeks in February. So keep an eye on the blog or on Instagram or both. And before I close out, I just want to cover a few books that are releasing in February that I'm really looking forward to. Now, I won't be giving an exhaustive list of everything that releases this month, just highlighting ones that I plan to purchase myself. So if I leave any authors off, I apologize. I love you all. Your work is all worthy. These are just ones that I've heard a lot of buzz about and I'm looking forward to. I have a couple releasing on February 5th. First is Kristen Hanna's The Women. I loved The Nightingale. I'd never read anything by Kristen Hanna before reading The Nightingale. So really looking forward to this one. It's about a woman who follows her brother to fight in the Vietnam War. We also have Frieda McFadden's The Teacher. It's another psychological thriller, supposed to be a lot of fun. Now, I read The Housemaid by Frieda McFadden and it blew me away, I loved it. Then I read One by One and was very underwhelmed. (laughs) So the author so far is kind of 50-50 with me. Fun books though, so I'm looking forward to checking this one out. Then the week of the 19th, I'm really looking forward to The Tempest of Tea by Hafsa Faisal. It's been getting a lot of buzz. It's a heist story with vampires, so sounds very intriguing. Definitely looking forward to that one. And then the next week on February 26th, we have Wandering Stars by Tommy Orange. This too has been getting a lot of buzz. It's a look at America's mistreatment of its native people, and it begins with the Sand Creek Massacre. So yeah, really looking forward to that one. And then really quick, I just want to kind of give an overview of what I intend to read next month. Now, I only have a few on this list. I'm sure there'll be more that I add over the course of the month. I just want to give myself a little leeway. But right now, what's on my TBR is The Last Love Note by Emma Gray, Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver, The Long Game by Elena Armas, In the Lives of Puppets by TJ Klune, and both of those are on my 24 in 2024 reading challenge list. I also have a few arcs of books that release in March that I intend to read next month. Those are Dead Girls Walking by Sammy Ellis, Bad Like Us by Gabriella Lepore, The Mystery Writer by Sulari Gentile, hope I pronounced that correctly, Listen for the Lie by Amy Tentera, and Ellie Haywood is Totally Normal by Gretchen Schreiber. So lots of good books to look forward to next month. So that's all I got for you. Thank you for being here. Hope you enjoyed the new format. I'm definitely liking this new format better. It definitely frees me up a little more. So I intend to do, I think right now I'm going to stick with one episode a month and release it on the final Monday of the month, doing just what I did today. We'll see how that goes. So have a great month ahead. Hope you read lots of great books. I'd love to hear from you. 
You can always send me a DM on Instagram if you have questions for me or if you want to recommend a book or just say hi. I would love to hear from you. I don't have a contact form on my website anymore. Y'all, the spammers are ridiculously relentless on websites. It's, I, I can't keep up. So I took the comments off. I took the contact form off. And if you want to find me, if you want to send me a message, please do so on Instagram. Um, I'll eventually get to the DM and I will respond. And again, I would love if you want to share something on the show, let me know. Otherwise, have a great month. I will see you all soon. Bye-bye.